You're listening to the Cathedral Podcast. To learn more about Cathedral, like service times or how to get connected with a small group, visit wearecathedral.com. service, but I really wanted to, let me see if I can find this text message um, that I got sent, because I think it'll give you a little bit of a good idea of what happened at four. Let's see. All right, you ready? This was just a few of the statistics from forward. We had 571 t-shirts, a thousand water bottles, 984 sodas, 60 monsters, 48, no, I I think I had 40 of the 60 monsters, 48 Red Bulls, 24 um, tubes of Zip Fizz, that's like the healthy energy drink, Um, 115 cheeseburgers, 240 chicken sandwiches, 1,020 chicken nuggets, 135 pizzas, 225 subs, 12 buckets of ice, 96 oatmeal cream pies, 100, wow. 156 Rice Krispie treats, 34 bottles of orange face paint, 163 mall lunches, but listen to this. This is an estimated number. 500, or 5,732 thank yous. These teenagers thank you, thank you, thank you over. They did. They were so appreciative of the weekend. So one of the major things that happened at Forward is we worshiped. We worshiped worshiped a lot. And so that's one of the main elements you guys will see in this weekend service. And that's why is because they want you guys to experience 
the worship that they did. So continue to worship. Tell someone good morning and that you're glad they're here and let's worship.
let's do some praise up to God this morning all across this entire church. Come on, y'all can do a little bit better now. Let's give God the proper praise this morning. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we give you every bit of the praise in this place. Man, that song just hits so good. Everybody say, Jesus. Jesus. Come on, look to your neighbor and say, it's what he does. Come on, look to your other neighbor and say, it's who he is. You see, I was listening to the words of that song, and I was looking around the worship center, and here's what I know is every single one of these seats are filled with a story. Every single one of you guys came in. The doors at some point in your life, and life just wasn't what you wanted, but aren't you so glad that we serve a God that can get you out of the pit of wherever you are? You're not defined by your past. You're not defined by the sin that's in your life, but God has a plan and a purpose for your life. He wants to use every single one of you. That's our God. You see, this weekend, I don't know if you came ready to come to church or not, but this group that's standing in the front here, they came ready to worship God. Here's my goal. Here's my goal this weekend. As a church, here's what we're going to do. This weekend, we're going to raise the worship quotient of this church. If we're at a five on a normal weekend, we're getting up to a seven. We're going to get up to an eight. I'm going to get as high to ten as I can. Y'all with me? Come on, some of you guys came in here. We don't need to wait till the end of the service. Let's go ahead and give it to God. Our God wants to heal us. Doug, let's take him on another lap. This is who he is. Come on. He loves us. This is our God. This is what he does. up in this place man I just I got a question you already feel the presence of God in this place we just start we only done two songs I hope y'all ready everybody online I hope you're ready to home because we come into your living rooms this morning come on all right y'all can go back to your seats go back to your seats give a neighbor a high five tell them they look good this morning Thank you, Doug. Come on. All right. I got a short, just quick message, and I'm going to get off the stage because the main priority of this weekend is twofold. We're celebrating what God did in the lives of these teens over this weekend, and we want to celebrate that. And one of the ways that we're going to celebrate that is we are going to worship. It's the biblical way that we see all throughout Scripture of how to celebrate. But I want to make sure that we're all on the same page of what the Bible says about worship. You see, recently I was, I was reading a study, and every year they do this study. And the study really is taking a look at our nation. 
our, 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 the study is taking a look at our nation in terms of, hey, where are we on the scale? What's the percentage of people who believe in God, who chase after God, who have a relationship with God, who participate in church? You see, I think it's no surprise to you that over the last few years and decades that that percentage is going which direction? You see, our nation and people across this world are chasing things other than the foundation of what this world was created on, and that's Jesus. But as you research and as you read this study and they go on, part of one of the questions is, okay, I know that you're not participating. I know that you don't believe in God, but why don't you believe in God? Here's the top two answers that they gave in this study. Number one, it's boring. Number two, it's irrelevant. Can I tell you something that I saw this weekend with this generation? There ain't nothing boring about this group right here. There ain't nothing irrelevant about this group right here. I want you to know that you've got a church that's got the next generation who serves a relevant God, who's a God who is close to them. Here's what I saw all weekend long was kids worshiping unbelievable, worshiping a God who was meeting them exactly where they were. Here's a God who said, you know what, I'm going to break down some walls for you this weekend. Here's some things that I'm going to identify in your life that's holding you back to what I have for your life. And then what I watched is I watched these kids press in as God began to reveal dreams and purposes and visions into their life. What I saw is they got some stuff going on. Let's not deny that. If we're honest, you guys in these seats got some stuff going on. We can call it out. But here's what I saw is they would come into a session bearing the weight of this, bearing the heaviness of this, to the point where I would even see them sitting down, not engaging in worship. But let me tell you what can't happen when we're in the presence of God. The things of this world aren't better than the things that God can give us when we are in the presence of God. Amen? And what you would see is as God began to work in these teens' life, they would stand up and worship unapologetically. They would worship just completely unabandoned. You see some pictures here. I think we even have a video of it. You can play it behind me if you want. But these teens right now, I'm going to tell you right now, they don't serve an irrelevant God. They serve an amazing God that is doing amazing things and calling some stuff out in their life. You see, as we went through this whole thing, and I was watching this unfold that you're watching right now, unbelievable. Thousands of teens worshiping God like I've never seen before. I started to search scripture in my mind, and I want to take you on a journey of what I was doing. When you're watching this, I want you to see what was going through my head in that moment right there. You see, when I was watching this, I said, this doesn't look like a boring and irrelevant God. This looks like a God that is meeting them exactly where they are. But that's exactly what this world chases after. They're always trying to replace God with something less than. But see, this isn't new. This isn't something that's just going after this generation. This has been going after your generation, my generation, every generation that went before us. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he hates what God is doing in the lives of the, of the youth in this entire world because he knows that's where the dreams begin with some of these folks. You read scripture, and there's so many teenagers that are used in a mighty way by God. He doesn't want that to happen for these guys. There's giants sitting in these chairs right here. You see, the same thing was happening to Paul during his time. 
Actually, two different occasions throughout Scripture, Paul gives us the accounts of what is happening uh, when he visits these towns. The first one that we see is in the first chapter of Romans. I want you to listen to these words because here's, here's what it says. It says, they knew God, but they did not praise and thank him for being God. Man, does that not sound what we're, what we're going through right now? Instead, their thoughts were pointless. They were misguided minds, and they were plunged into darkness. You see, the further away we get from God, the more our minds go into this dark place, the more we buy into the lie that we're not worth it, that we don't have the gifts and talents that God gives us. And we settle for this less than life. This is what was happening. While claiming to be wise, they became fools. They exchanged the glory of an immortal God for the statues that look like mortal humans, birds, animals, and snakes. You see, they were trapped by the new and shiny thing. You see, the thing at this time period was anything new intellectually was more appealing. They were laying down the things that they knew. They were, they were laying down and saying, you know what? The, the, I know that the God of this universe formed the foundations of what I know. But I want to chase after this because I think this might do better. I think this might fill me and, and give me notoriety. And what we see here is that this, this exchange took place. And I want you to watch this, this because this happens in so many people's lives. This exchange took place. They began to worship the creation and not the creator. You see that exchange begin to take place. We see this again in the book of Acts. Paul is looking over Athens and he's upset. He's so sad with what he sees. We see this very similar with Jesus because Jesus is looking over into Jerusalem and it says that he begins to weep because of what he sees taking place in the city. They're worshiping idolatry. All these different idols are going uh, all throughout the town. Anything that's new, anything that's shiny, all these different things are chasing after everything but the creator. They're exchanging a relationship with the creation and not the creator. This is what it says in Acts chapter 17. Everyone who lived in Athens looked for opportunities to tell or to hear something new and unusual. See it happening? But let's look at Paul's response. It says, Paul stood in the middle of the court and said this. Hey, men of Athens, I see that you're very religious. And as I was going through your city and looking closely at the objects you worship, I noticed something. I noticed an altar. Now, this altar was originally created to worship our creator. But see, they were substituting this thing out. No longer was this altar a place of worship for God Almighty, but it became a worship for all these different idols. And I want you to notice the plaque that was on this altar. It says they worshiped an unknown God. They had gotten so far from what it was. This next generation, I know that studies are saying that the world is going in a different direction. But I just want y'all to know, if I can brag on this, the youth program here at Cathedral, this generation knows a known God. It's not an unknown God to these people. God is very real to them right now. They drew close to him, and he drew close to them, revealing all kind of different stuff. And what you're going to experience this weekend is an overflow effect. You don't realize it, but you're going to be drinking off of the teens this morning. Because I'm going to tell you right now, their faith is high. Is y'all's faith high? 
Is God going to do great things with you guys? Oh, y'all better get ready to drink off of these teenagers. You see, this is exactly the kind of people that God is looking for all the time. You see, God's scanning the world over every single day, all the different time, especially on a Sunday when all these churches are meeting and worshiping God. And what you see is God is searching. He's searching the hearts of people as they're worshiping. I'm not making this up. This is John chapter 4, verse 33. It says this. It says, indeed, the time is coming. The time is here. The time is now. What is it? When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for people like that to worship him. I want to draw your attention to the the word worship in that Bible verse because the difference here is that this word worship in the Greek is a word called proskuneos. Now you don't need to remember that word, but what I do want you to remember is I want you to remember the definition of that word. You see, the English language we struggle because we have so limited words compared to the Greek and the Hebrew. They have four times the amount of words to describe. They have seven words for praise. We have one. So when you see these words throughout Scripture, we got to understand what it means. This word proskuneos means to kiss. And I say, Dave, that's, I don't know, that kind of sounds weird to me. You mean God just, he wants me to kiss him? I don't know, what? Let me explain further, okay? This word, how many dog owners we got in the house? Dog owners, dog owners, y'all are anointed, awesome. Okay. When you're gone for 30 seconds or for 30 days, what does your dog do when you get home? He's excited. Oh, oh, hold her home. Hold her home. Oh, my goodness. And they come over you. They jump on you. They do all kind of different stuff on you. Right? Am I right? Right? Okay. That is proskuneos. See, you see, God's word, he's looking for the heart of us right now. He wants us. Pastor Mike and Ms. Dean had this dog. Um, his name was Tata. It was, a, it was a miniature Dotson, but he ate himself to an oversized Dotson. Okay? He, he, was, he was an Austin dog. We loved him. But we would come home, right? We would come home, and before we even got to the front door, we could hear him. <laughs> and we could hear him jumping and scratching on the door. And we'd open that door, and he'd be so excited. Oh, oh, and he couldn't even jump on us. He had to take a couple laps around the island. He was high-stepping it the whole nine yards. We'd come up to him. We'd touch his fur. He'd begin to pee all over the place. Once he got done with the pee dance that he did, then he would begin to lick us, jump on us, kiss our hands, lick our faces, whatever we would allow him to do. That's proskuneos. That's the kind of worship God wants, minus the pee. Let me tell you what I saw this weekend with your teens. You see, the Bible does a lot of describing worship, true worship, biblical worship. Unfortunately, our world has gotten it wrong. You see, there's churches across this nation who have two different kinds of services. They have a traditional worship service, and then they have a contemporary worship service. And unfortunately, the traditional worship service, you're lucky if you get a piano, right? Don't you dare bring a drum cage, and don't you dare bring a guitar up in there. Better wrap them up in tape and hold them down, right? Unfortunately, 
The Bible doesn't describe worship that way. And what I saw happening this weekend was traditional worship the way the Bible describes it. Okay? They were unapologetic. They were dancing. They were shouting. They were screaming to God. Okay, let me describe this to you. This is Psalms chapter 150. Okay? You got a whole book of the Bible dedicated to worship. This is what David says about worship in the last chapter of Psalms. Psalms 150 says this, and I'm going to go ahead and give you a pre-warning. At the end of this, you're going to have an opportunity to praise God. Okay? Here's what it says. It says, hallelujah. Praise God in this holy place. Praise him in this mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty acts. If you're lacking what to praise him about, he gives you a full detailed list Praise him for his immense greatness. Praise him for the sounds of horns. Praise him with harps and layers. Praise him with tambourines and dancing. Praise him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals, with crashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I'm going to give you all a couple seconds to praise the Lord for what he's done in your life. I'm going to tell you right now, y'all can do a little bit better than that because the God of this universe put you on this planet to make a difference in this world. Now let me make sure you understand something. You see, extra mercy, extra grace is given to certain people in the Bible and still to this day. You see, mercy and grace is not equal between all of us. Certain people get more. You say, well, God... Dave, does God have favorites? No, God doesn't have favorites. You see, it's up to you and I. You get to determine whether you're God's favorite. Did you catch that? Come on. You see, worship, it gets the attention of God. In the Bible, King David was one of these people. And the Bible says that he was a person. He was one after God's own heart. He was a worship. Now listen to me. He had his fair share of mess-ups. When David was messing up, he makes you and I look like a saint. Okay? He was not perfect. But he was a man after God's own heart. And the reason that it was different is because he lived out verses like Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16. Hey, we may mess up, but see, David had a, a, a up-against spirit about him. Proverbs 24, verse 16 says this. It says, a righteous person may fall seven times, but he gets up again. Everybody say, up again. Okay. Everybody say, up again. Okay. See, I don't know what you came in here with. But I want to speak to your heart for a second. What I know is that some of you came in not expecting much. That's not the God we serve. Every single breath that you take, he wants to use you. Some of you guys may have come in here and you just already counted yourself out. I ain't good enough. My past is too bad. I'm too bad of a sinner. Surely God ain't going to use me. But scripture says, no, that's not you because I don't care how many times you fall, you get back up again. Amen? we got to have an up-again mentality. David, he kept his eyes fixed on God. And I want to show this to you in Scripture. This is my last story, and we're getting back to worship, so I hope you're ready. 2 Samuel chapter 6 shows us King David's dedication to worshiping God. 
And, and this is something that I saw these teens do so well this weekend. This is something that gets the attention of God in our lives. You need something for God to act in your life. Listen very closely. Because I want this as a church for us to catch this so well. I want us, our, our worship quotient to increase. You see, David, he's on a rescue mission. He's on a rescue mission to get the Ark of the Covenant back to the nation of Israel. You see, they lost it. And so he's on this rescue mission. Now, this wasn't just a simple, like, oh, let's just go grab this little article, and then we'll bring it back to the nation of Israel. See, the person before him was named Uzziah, and he didn't give God the honor that he deserved when he was doing this and attempting this, and he died immediately, on the spot. David was different. Listen to this one verse. This is 2 Samuel chapter 6. It says, then David joyfully went to get the Ark of God, to get this Ark of the Covenant from Obed-Edom's house and bring it to the city of David. This is Jerusalem. When those who carried the Ark of the Lord had gone six steps, everybody say six steps. David sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. Now many theologians, when they're describing this scene, this wasn't a one-time event. Rather, that every six steps that David took with his entire army in the Ark of the Covenant, they stopped and they praised and they worshipped God right there. He said, well, Dave, that's okay. I mean, if I'm going to my neighbor's house, how, how big, what's up? Not a big deal. Okay, we're going to do a couple worship songs. We're going to call today, right? Obed-Edom's house in Jerusalem were eight miles apart. Now, by my calculations on my cellular device, that's 30,000 steps. One, two, three, four, five, six. Stop what you're doing. Stop what you're doing. We got the presence of God back. I need you to stop and sacrifice the calf. I need you to stop what you're doing and praise God for what he's doing in our lives. Oh, okay. Whew. All right. That was good, guys. Let's, let's go ahead and get to Jerusalem. One, two, three, four, five, six. I can't take it anymore. I need you to stop right now. Proskuneo. I'm going to sacrifice a calf. I'm going to worship God with everything that I have. It doesn't look like I can make it to where God wants me to go, but I'm going to stop right now for a second because I got 3,498 more times to stop this train and give God the proper praise that he deserves. Amen? Everybody say six times. Everybody say six times. Come on, I'm going to give you six seconds right now to praise God up in this place better than you ever have before. Come on, God, we worship you so much right now. Doug, I want you to go ahead and get ready because these guys are primed and pumped. I want you to stand to your feet because God wants our praise this morning. Y'all ready to worship God? Everybody say six times. One, two, go ahead, three, four, five, six. I need you to stop where you are because we're getting ready to praise God. Doug, take it away. Let's get this, this thing going. This is our God. This is who he is. He loves us. This is our God. This is what he does. He saves us. He bore the cross. He beat the grave. So let heaven and earth proclaim. This is our God. King Jesus. This is our God. This is who he is. He loves us. This is our God. This is 
this is our God. This is who He is. Why? He loves us. Come on, sing it out. This is our God. This is what He does. He saves us. He bore the cross. Beat the grave. Let heaven and earth proclaim. This is our God, King Jesus. He bore the cross, but He beat the grave. Let heaven and earth proclaim. This is our God, King
right now God wants to move mountains for you we look and all we see sometimes is the mountain before us but can I just remind you who sits on top of the mountain he is more than able he is more than willing to move on our behalf it just takes the mustard seed grain of faith so father this morning we exercise that muscle of faith with the faith of the room believing with us lord that you are more than able more than sufficient more than willing so with your eyes fixed on him would you just sing this out god you're more than able God, you're more than able. Picture it in your mind. Whatever it is you're giving to him, sing it. God, you're more. God, you're more than able. Yes, you Father God, you are greater than all the problems that we face, all the challenges, all the obstacles, Lord. In your presence, we stand in holy ground. And in your presence, things have to change. We worship you, Lord.
seat real quick. You guys have a seat real quick because you are about to witness, I don't know, about 30 miracles that are going to take place right here in front of your face. 
You know, sometimes God works miracles and we just don't see it because we just don't understand. So here's what we would normally do. Normally we have people getting water baptized. We would have them come before church and we would hold a class and we would explain to them what happens in water baptism. But we thought it would be really cool this morning to do that for these guys, all these purple shirters that are getting baptized this morning, and let you be a part of that class. Yes. All right, so for all you guys that got purple shirts on, this is for you. They're just going to listen in. Here's the thing about water baptism. One of the reasons we do it is because Jesus just said, I just need you to do it. He did it. Then he said, I need you to do it. He said, I need you to go forth, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why would he say that? Why didn't he just say, hey, I just need you guys to go forward and make believers. I just need y'all to go make disciples, tell people about me, have them pray, and then boom. Once they pray, they're saved, we're good to go. Why would he say, baptize them? And then there's this crazy thing in the Bible where Paul comes across these 12 guys that had already been baptized by John the Baptist, but Jesus hadn't died yet. And so he comes across them after Jesus' resurrection. He said, hey, uh, you, got, you guys been baptized? Yeah, 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 man, we were baptized by John the Baptist. Well, yeah, but that was before Jesus died. So y'all got to get baptized again. What? Why? They didn't understand what was going to happen. Paul did, and he explained it to us. I want you to listen to this. Follow along with me on the screen. This comes out of Romans chapter 6. This is Paul telling us, here's what happens when you get water baptized. Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in what? Baptism. We joined him in his what? Death. For we what? Died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with Him in His death, we will also be raised to life just as He was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin for when we Die. They got that back there? There we go. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Now that sounds really exciting when you read it, right? You're like, oh my gosh, that's some awesome stuff. That's some really cool stuff. I don't quite think you get it. So I got a little illustration to kind of help you understand those few verses that we just read, because those few verses that we just read are so miraculous. Can, can I get my whole team, get my team up here to come on up here and help me out? I got a team of guys that are going to come, and we're going to bring that passage of Scripture to life for you. Because it really is a miracle what we just read. That is a peek behind the scenes into eternity of what happens when every single one of these guys with a purple shirt goes down into that water. So let me know who the players are. All right, over here we got our heavenly angels over here, our choir of heavenly angels. That's right. That's right. They're looking good. They're looking sharp. We got our two muscle-bound baptizers right there. You got to have people like that. Because when somebody like me gets in the tank, you need a little extra gun to get that thing up. You know what I'm saying? You got to bring them back up out of that water. So we got these two guys right here. Now, they don't have no idea these angels are right here. These guys are up in eternity. So you might be saying, what's the big deal? Why are they up there? Like, doesn't this happen all the time? Oh, yeah, it happens all the time. But again, you just don't know exactly what's going on. Over here, I got my bad guys. Over here, I got my taskmasters. Y'all come on out there, taskmasters. Don't be smiling when y'all come out of there. That's right, y'all the bad people, y'all the bad guys. 
They try not to smile. They can't help it. So, so these are my taskmasters right here. These are all those things that just chase after you, just get after you, won't leave you alone, nagging, aggravating, always in your head, always in your thoughts, always tempting you, always doing all that. So that's what they do. Then I got my main man, Caleb, over here. Caleb, come on over here. Caleb represents everybody with a purple shirt today. See, Caleb had an encounter with God, and he said, man, you know what? God is real. Like, Jesus is real. And he prayed this prayer, and he said, man, God, I believe in you. Jesus, I, I know you died on that cross for me, and I need you in my life. So I want you to come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. Now, in Caleb's mind, the next step, what he was told is, hey, you need to get water baptized. That's totally true. But what I don't know Caleb understands, and you guys with a purple shirt, what I want you to understand is I want you to see the absolute miracle that is about to happen. The reason why these angels are right now poised up in heaven, leaned over the banister of heaven, because they can't even believe what God is about to do. And they can't even believe that he does it with every single person that goes into that water. So what we're going to do, we're going to have like a little sci-fi movie right here. Y'all ever watch a sci-fi movie where you got stuff happening in real time and all of a sudden everybody freezes, burp, and then you kind of step into the back behind the scenes and see what's going on? So that's what we're going to do. So Caleb's about to get water baptized. He's excited. These guys are excited. The angels are excited. Man, oh, yeah. And then they let him down into that water right there. Freeze. He's underneath that water. How you doing, Caleb? Just come on up here and join me, my friend. My name's God. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. See, you're under that water right there. Mm -hmm. and, and don't worry, you're not going to drown, okay? Because I just, I just, I'm just taking you out of time and space. You're really only going to be under there for about a split second. But I need you to understand what's going to happen in that split second, okay? Because you know, you're a good guy. And I just want to tell you, I'm very proud of you. I'm proud of the way you've been living your life. Like, you've been trying. I mean, you've been giving it all you got, but it's been hard, ain't it? It's hard, man. It's hard to do it. This, this world's a terrible place. And I know it's hard, but you've been giving it your best. And you've been doing as good as you can. And, and you've been doing pretty good. Pretty good. But I'm afraid I'm going to have to kill you. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah, I'm afraid I'm going to have to take you out. That's just kind of how this whole thing works right here, okay? That, and, but it's going to be good. It's going to be good in the okay. end, okay? Because first thing that needs to happen, I'm going to bring you right over here. Let's see, right? right? I think that's right about where the cross is right there. And boom, let's just boom. Put you right there on my son. You're dead. That's it. There you go. I'm going to leave you on that cross for a minute because I, I need you to be right there with my son. Your head's coming up. Keep it. There you go. That's right. You did. You ain't got no neck muscles. It ain't working. You're just hanging right there on the cross with my son. Dead, dead, dead. I need that to happen. That's part of the whole process. But I'm telling you, you got to trust me because the end is going to be good, okay? You trust me? No, you can't nod your head. See, it, you're dead. All right? Keep your head dead. All right? All right, that's good. So now you're dead, so I'm going to get you down off that cross. Now, Caleb, that was only part of it. Now, the next thing is, according to my word, you died with my son, but now you need to be buried with him as well. So we're going to go right on over here to the tomb so that you can be buried with my son. You ready for that? Let's go get you. Well, you, where are you going? You can't walk. You're dead. That's right, dead right there. I'm going to have to carry you, dadgummit. All right, that's what I'm going to do. Ah, yep, ah, here we go. All right, we're just going to carry you right on over here into the tomb. Yep. Ah. Pretty dark place, isn't it? Yeah. And my son was in here for three days. Now, not him, right? His body was in here. He was like, he was, boy, he was tearing it down. He was down there, death, hell, in the grave. Just, whoo! It was like MMA like you ain't never seen. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Did that for you, by the way. But see, I had to do this for you. I got to bring you over here because I got to kind of get legal rights to you. So I put you on the cross so that old you, you died. 
okay? Now I'm burying you in the grave with my son. Again, that old you is dead. We've got a little something we got to talk about, though. Okay. See these aggravating people behind you? Yeah, yeah, they look scary, don't they? These are taskmasters. Now see what a taskmaster is, is those are the guys that the whole time you've been trying to do so good, they've been holding you back. You know, all that mess, like how you feel about yourself, what you think about yourself, you know, all these things that everybody struggles with, right? Like there's drinking, there's drugs, there's pornography, there's addiction, there's abuse, there's all these different things, and that's what these guys are doing. And as much as I just put you on that cross, and now I've got you in here, they don't want to let go. But I've dealt with this before. I'll tell you a little story. Way back in Egypt, I had my children, Israel, right? They were slaves to the Egyptians. And I had enough. I got a belly full. I said, that's it, Pharaoh. Let my people go. He wouldn't do it. So I brought him a plague. He still wouldn't do it. I brought him a plague. I mean, I came down and I came down on him hard. And finally, he said, all right, all right, just go. Get out, take him and leave. So I did, kind of like me and you, about to walk right out of this tomb. They didn't no sooner get a little bit away from Egypt than all of a sudden, here come all those taskmasters. Pharaoh changed his mind. He said, nope, go get them, put them back into slavery. They are not going to get away from me. I had a plan. I opened up the Red Sea, just like that baptism water you're about to go into, and all my children went down into that water, and I let these sorry suckers go right behind them. But once they got in there, they didn't come out. They didn't come out. Let me kind of show you what that looks like. So we're going to step out of this tomb. These guys are going to be following. You know, they think they're going to do something. Look at it. I mean, look at Oh, yeah, they're making scary zombie noises and all that. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, hey, y'all hold up right there now. Y'all can't come no further. I'm going to take my son right on through here. These, these guys, they don't know what they're doing, yeah. right? So like, I'm going to take you into the water. We're going to get on all the right. other side, right? We're in the water. We come up on the other side. All right, now hang on, watch this. You're going to want to watch this. It's so much fun. Yeah, y'all come on. Yeah, y'all follow right with him. I'm going to close that water up and ah. Uh, Yep, same thing happened in Egypt. Look at that right there. Yep. They're dead. Every single one of them are dead. Now, I want you to get a good picture of this, okay? You need to understand this because here's the truth. You're not the same guy you used to be. When you look in the mirror, you're going to say, man, I look the same. But when I look at you, you're different because you're my son. This whole process was so that I could adopt you. And now legally, I'm your daddy. And I'm not going anywhere. There's going to be some times when you might doubt. There's going to be some times when you might question. I don't ever doubt and I don't ever question. You might even have a time when you even say, you know what, I'm not going to walk that way anymore. Doesn't matter. I'm going to walk right next to you. Because I'm never ever going to leave you. I don't care what happens. And whenever you hear them voices, them little haunty, ghosty voices in your head coming from these guys from your past, I want you to see this picture right here. I want you to understand that's a dead man talking. The dead. Every single one of them are dead. And they have no place in your life because I'm right there. And I'm not going anywhere. That makes sense? All right, so let's go back over here. All right, I'm going to put you back under the water. Lean it right down in there. Oh, yeah, back in the water. Underneath the, they're only under there for a split second. Every one of you guys in a purple shirt, you're going to go into that water. That water's going to come over your face, and you're going to immediately come back out. But all of that, all of that happens in eternity. God makes every bit of it happen, every bit of it for every single one of you. And here's the cool part. Why are them angels so daggum excited? Because that's a miracle, and every one of you are a miracle. And so when this thing comes back to life, and he comes back up out that water, come up out that water, baby.
That is why we have you clap. That is why we have you cheer. That is why we have you celebrate with every single person that comes up out of that water. Give all these guys a big hand. Y'all can come back to life now. So these guys do awesome. They're going to become our baptism team now. So I'm going to ask everybody, if you would, to stand. Because what we're going to do is we're going to worship while these guys are being baptized. And as we're worshiping, you're going to see them on that screen. And for everyone that comes out in that water, I want you just to give the biggest cheer you possibly can. But hang on right now. Hang on just for a second. Hang on. Everybody out there, I want you to stretch your hands towards these purple shirts. Because we're going to pray for them. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, we believe for every single one of these guys. They've all got ribbons. On those ribbons are their little pharaohs, their little taskmasters. So for every one of them, Lord, we speak death to all those taskmasters. They're going to go into water. They're going to stay in the water. They're going to die in the water. And every one of these guys that comes back up is coming up a brand new person, healed and whole, full of your life, full of your promises, full of your dreams. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, guys, y'all come on up.
that just got baptized and you're part of their family, if you could come up and stand with them. Oh man, this is where I start to get really emotional because um, y'all get to take them back home and I'm not done with them. I, I'm sad that they're going home. I would like to take them all with me if I could. Um, but I want to do this really quick. Um, you guys can have a seat for just a second. Um, what I know is that all of these teens got here because people were praying and believing for them. And if you could hear what's so sweet about being in that tank after being with them for the last two days is hearing their stories and what they've come through and their struggles and watching them push through has been really special. Um, so knowing that prayer is what got them to the trip and is, is what has gotten them where they are. What I want to do is, I thought that it would be really neat if, what if we committed, you know, all of them don't have a mom and dad that's praying for them. And so what I told them is that we are, they, they are family. We are family. When I say we're family, I mean it. And so we set a goal to get 100 people to pray for them to pray for fuel and for these teens for 365 days to pray every single day until next year we go to four. Actually, it's a little longer than that because we go June 27th next year. So I wanted to get 100 people that would say that they could see, would say, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to set a reminder on my phone and every single day for a year I will pray for you. So our goal was 100. First service, how many, how many lids did we get first service? 115, 115 people agreed. Um, so we, we would like to see how high of a number that can be. And I, I wanted them to see when they're at school and they feel like they're the only Christians around and they're the only ones and they're the only ones trying to do right, that they're not by themselves. You're in their corner. So if, if you're in here and you would say, Meg, I too would agree to set a reminder on my phone and I will pray for these teens for 365 days plus like five or something. If that's you and you're in here or that's you, if you're in this room and you will do that, will you just stand up right where you are and let them see? And if you're on stage and you're part of that, that you'll sign up for that, if you'll just raise your hand. And I want my teens, I want you to look around and look at how many people are in your corner. And one of the things that we talked about during testimony time was how in your teen years you feel so lonely. And I, so the next time you feel lonely, I want you to remember this image right here. That there's a lot of people in your corner. So you guys can put your hand down and you guys can sit down. And if that's you, there's gonna be a few guest services people in the foyer. And if you're comfortable going and giving them your name, um, we would love to just keep you up to date. We would love to let you know when we're having worship nights and when we're having prayer nights so that you, we can send you pictures and you can be updated on what's happening in our youth program so that you can know specifically how to pray. So please do that after service. So right now I'm asking my, my husband Luke to come up and um, you guys can just stretch your hands forward. If you're up here, just lay hands on your, on your student and we're just going to pray and see what God did. Lord, we come to you right now. And what an awesome image this is. We can have a vision to build a great next generation, but if we don't have a church that backs it up, we're going to go nowhere. So, Lord, I thank you for a church that steps, steps up financially, that steps up prayerfully, that shows up 
the biggest thing these kids need these days is just somebody in the stands watching. Lord, I thank you for the families. I thank you for the prayers. I thank you for the bended knees and all the agony that these moms and dads and everybody in this room has done. It's led to a journey like this. And I pray right now, Lord, that this be a catapult, that those prayers and those worries and those concerns all of a sudden meet today with a full force of tension of a catapult and let us be able to slingshot these kids into the next generation. Lord, I pray that you fill these kids with great visions and great genes. I pray that you fill these kids with your life and your everlasting love. I pray that they, something's drawn deep in them to know that they are loved and cared for. I pray that they feel special today because they're special to the people in this church and they're special to you, God. I pray that they feel a deep satisfaction, a belonging that there's a father in heaven looking down saying, I'm proud of you, baby. I'm proud of you, son. Now let's go on another run. Let's start this next chapter of life. Let me be close to you. Let me protect you. Let me love you. Let me take care of you. Right now, we just speak Jesus over everyone. We speak Jesus over their decisions. We speak Jesus over their finances. We speak Jesus over their relationships. We speak Jesus over their life. We speak just great wisdom, Lord. We love you. We have faith in you. We believe in you. We thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen.
want everybody to say, Jesus. Jesus. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care what you got going on in your life. He's more than able. Y'all agree? Y'all believe that? He's more than able to meet you exactly where you are. Never forget what a beautiful image that was. Kids, adults, myself, every person that I'm looking at, you need to remember that image of all the things that's negative in your life being drowned. Because that's exactly, they don't have power over your life. We give them power, but they don't have power. And we need to remember that Jesus is more than able to be our conqueror. And listen, I know it's 25 after. Y'all ready to get some Bojangles or Chick, well, you can't get Chick-fil-A, but y'all ready to get something in your stomachs, right? I got one more thing because it's just a prompting that God gave. How many times as a parent that you had a prompting about your kids, did you act on it? 100% you did. And if you didn't, you regretted it. Same exact process. Here's what I want to do. I just have this prompting that God wants to speak to somebody saying, you know what? I, I want what those teens have. I, I see what's on their life. I see the life that's on them. I see the joy that's on them. I see when they came out of that water, man, they just seemed free. So I'm not going to trick you. It ain't going to be long. It's going to be pretty quick because Jesus does the rest that don't need nothing from us. So let's not make it difficult. So if everybody would, I want you to bow your heads and, and, and close your eyes right now. If you're here this morning and you just say, Dave, I don't want to miss an opportunity to start a relationship with Jesus. Would you just simply just raise your hand right where you are? Go ahead. Lift them up. Raise them. Raise them. I see it. Right here over to my left. Yes, in the balcony. Over here to my right. Yes, in the back. Over here to my other right. Down on the floor. In the very, very back, I see you. I see you right here down in front. Come on, let's go. You're never going to regret. Last chance. Anybody else? Anybody else? I see you over here to my left. Come on, I see you in the very, very back here. Come on, let's go. Let's give it up. This is the greatest decision of your life. I see you up in the balcony. Come on. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want everybody to repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I love you. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe you died for my sins. Thank you for meeting me where I am. I worship you. I give my life to you. I live for you, Jesus. And everybody said a good amen. Come on, one more time. Let's give it up for everybody that came. Boy, we love you. Man, all right couple very, very quick announcements because we didn't give you any of that today, all right? And I'm going to tell you right now, if you came for a boring church, I apologize. You came to the wrong one, all right? If you stood up and were agreeing with us that you were going to cover these teens for the next year, first off, I want to say thank you. I don't know too many more things that's more powerful than that. Please do not forget to stop by the front desk. We want to partner with you and make sure that we give you good information throughout the rest of this year because I know that Jesus is going to meet these teens and everyone. Do y'all think the teen ministry, the youth, is going to grow over the next year? So don't think that just because we already have a hundred and something people praying, I need more people praying because there's more people coming in next week and the week after that. Amen? So stop by there. Give us your name. We want to partner with you. The second thing is 
I want to give you another opportunity to invest in this next generation because we have VBS coming up in the next couple weeks. All right? 100%. And a lot of these people that you see down front, they're going to be serving with us. So I have two opportunities for you. If you have a child and you want them to go to VBS, stop in our hub right outside of these doors to the left. We have a couple of people out there that will walk you through the process of signing your children up for VBS. But if you're here and you say, I want to invest in next generation. I want to be a part of this. I don't want to just watch it. I want to be a part of it. I want you to come to this section as soon as this service is over. Ben Rader, who is over our Sea Kids program, is going to give you our, our next steps and how you can participate with that. Last thing I want to do for you, and I don't have my phone with me. Give me my phone. We didn't get a chance to pray over our tithes and offering, and I never want to miss an opportunity right there to do that because I'm going to tell you right now what the Bible says. All this is a possibility because of y'all's faithfulness and giving, and I never want to miss an opportunity. Anybody need God's covering over your finances this week? Anybody need that? Y'all doing that good? Y'all doing better than I am. I need God's covering over my finances. Amen? So get out whatever you have that represents your giving. If you don't have something, get a tithe envelope in the front chair right in front of you, all right? Put your hands on it as a church. Let's pray over our giving. Lord Jesus, right now, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you that Acts 2 isn't just something that we read in the Bible, that we're living it right here in these days. And Father, right now we turn our attention to what your scripture says, which is that you will bless us to the point of overflow. Not just to the full point, but to overflow in our finances if we just abide by what your scripture says. And so, Father, we commit to you on that. We're faithful to that. So whatever the needs are in this congregation, would you now bless them as they give? Would you meet them? Would you surprise them with how you come through time and time again? You never fail us. You're more than able. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. We love you guys so much. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Cathedral Podcast. If you were encouraged by today's message, leave us a rating and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any questions about today's message or just want to reach out, send an email to questions at cathedralemail.com. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Have a blessed week.